Hey, this is the last coffee house. So I have not seen this yet. It's Daisy Ridley playing Ophelia in a some kind of a, a new take on Hamlet. And the reason this is significant to me is I grew up on Hamlet. It's something I... <laughs> I learned. What am I saying? Why am I? Who cares if it's significant to me? That's not the point. Jeez, am I the center of the freaking universe? No, this is significant because it illustrates a, a certain point. Extemporaneous speech. It's a beautiful thing. So the point is, so Daisy Ridley is playing Ophelia. It's called Ophelia. It's a new take on Hamlet. It's specifically written to give more meat to the Ophelia character. I was reading an article about it and the person, I haven't seen the movie again because I don't even think it's come out yet. But the whole point is that the author, at least of the piece, points out that Ophelia is is subject to whatever the males are doing. So it's like you've got Laertes, the brother, and he's the one who does most of the moving because he avenges the father, and and she's all beholden to him when he's he's saying that you should do this or should do that. Or the father is Polonius is pretty top down <laughs> assertive when it comes to Ophelia, and then her love interest Hamlet, which is a weird. <laughs> really weird love interest kind of a situation relationship going on there it's never like i love hamlet to death but it's never seemed right and there's so many things just like t.s Eliot talked about how you never really understand where hamlet's coming from you never really get there and for a work of fiction you know whether it's a novel or a play or a movie or whatever else you should at some point understand where the character's coming from and that's not to be pedantic about what art needs to be i'm just saying that this is what t.s Eliot had a problem with was that you'd never got where Hamlet was actually coming from at the end of it. It just, it moves along, you've got some stuff going on, and then he dies, you don't really understand what that character's doing all the way through. So, there could be some kind of a motif related to, you know, play within a play, and acting in general, and just that pretend thematic that's kind of layered on top. I haven't thought about that in a while. Anyway, so, <laughs> Ophelia is Daisy Ridley, it's a reimagining, so it gives Ophelia more character and more meat. On the surface, I am fine with, I'm totally okay with I was just having a conversation about this but I'm totally okay with people pointing out bad characters that's perfectly fine <laughs> You know, obviously, you could say contextually, it's of the time, it's a monarchy, it's men did have that kind of authoritative role and got to assert themselves over women, and women were mostly defined by their relationship to men. I mean, there's a legitimate argument to be made related to that kind of a perspective, but I completely understand the perspective of this character is too thin, <laughs> there's not enough to this character that it would be realistic. So, Ophelia, when it comes to her personality, there's not much dimension there except for how she relates to the men that are around her. She has a couple of scenes with Gertrude but it's mostly in the midst of her craziness so you can't really count those as as personality or character development of character or anything like that but she's used as bait. She's just kind of squandered under the weight of all these men doing what they're doing and the shenanigans going on and all that stuff. You also I don't you know you don't know why Hamlet and Ophelia have any kind of a relationship. What she likes in him or what he likes in her. None, none of that is really developed or understood. I haven't read it in a while, but maybe I'm missing something, but I can remember it pretty clearly. But the most of most of her character is just kind of passively responding to whatever her brother or her father or Hamlet or when they want to use her as bait or to her insanity, you know, because of the death of her father. Most of it's just her responding to those things. So I completely understand trying to make that a more real character. However, there are all sorts of issues 
issues I have with this particularly because Hamlet is Hamlet. Hamlet's about Hamlet. Hamlet's written by a particular artist for a particular purpose who's trying to establish a particular thing and have certain ideas and be one of the most important works ever in the history of literature. This kind of a thing where they did it with Homer where they had this re-edit or retranslation of Homer that's supposed to emphasize the role of the female characters and I know there was a, a feminist Bible <laughs> where they were trying to make the Bible more sanguine related to women and femininity and feminism in general. Like I hate this group thing first, but if you're going to do the group thing where we have to demarcate based on gender and everybody of one gender gets, you know, people, uh, the artwork that was made by their gender and everybody of the other gender gets the artwork that was made by their gender, that's absolutely asinine. But if we're going to do that, you don't get to just take... <laughs> things created by the other gender and appropriate them <laughs> I love using that word. And appropriate them for your own purposes. To satisfy your own gender's artistic aspirations. Like, Hamlet is Hamlet. It's contained. There's something like uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That's something that's a take on Hamlet that understands the themes of it. And is paying homage at the same time as having an interesting existential understanding of what it means to tell a story or be human or use language in general. All sorts of other stuff. Plays within plays, etc. The background, the side characters, all of those things. Things. Very interesting take on what Hamlet is, the ideas in Hamlet, and the background and, and nihilism and existentialism on the side of that. And what existence means in all of that. And like I said, Ophelia could go through all that, but it seems like, in the way it's talked about, is literally just giving the female character more to do in a male story. <laughs> In, in something written by a man. It's it's a similar thing when it comes to like action movies and saying that women should have a different kind of a role in an action movie. This is, Go make your own movie. Make your own movie where you can give women whatever role you want. You can, you can have a male action character, but you have a realistic female character on the side. You have something like Mad Max. That, that's a good one that comes to mind. No love interest thing. It's all about actually her story more than his story. He's just kind of along for the ride. So Mad Max Fury Road has... Uh, a great example of that but you can write your own stuff you can make your own stories you can have your own movies and your own plays and make whatever characters you want but it's this no we have to rewrite in kind of a 1984 big brother kind of a way we have to rewrite history <laughs> So that we feel better about ourselves. Absolutely not. Go make your own stuff. Are you that unbelievably artistically insecure that you can't match this level of ability or artistry that you have to appropriate it to be able to get some kind of a, a boost off of it? It's nonsense. And I don't even know, like, I'm going to watch it at some point, even though Daisy Ridley, like, she just has two modes. It's just a, she's mostly just slack jawed and wide eyed and that's her acting ability. <laughs> I don't know if she has some more skill and she just didn't get tested because her character was so bland in the Star Wars movie movies and she just didn't get to show her range. It's possible and she just wasn't very interested in it artistically. And Ophelia, she might be able to get to do that because it's it's written more of a, a substantive character. But as you know, it being written as a more substantive character, she might be able to do that. But still, just make your own stuff, write your own stuff, quit trying to trade off of the work of somebody else. Oh my gosh, make your own characters if you want to be female because that's so important. 
important. Write your own characters. I just just has a, a broader, more important implication. Because, like I said, from one standpoint, I am perfectly fine with criticizing that character as not being sufficiently substantive. There are other characters in the play as well that are don't have much substance to them. It's more about the the broader philosophies and the bigger ideas that Shakespeare is going through. That's that's fine. But when it comes to oh no, well we need more women, we need more X, we need more Y. There should be more Cubans, more short people. It's like are people this superficial? Are they really this superficial that if somebody doesn't look like them, they don't have the ability to empathize. They don't have the ability to be inspired. That's absolute insanity. All of this talk about this and this reimagining and appropriating other work to change it into something else. It's just saying that no, I'm so superficial that I need a person to look like me or have the same genitalia to be able to empathize or be able to be inspired by them or be able to take ideas from them. It's absolute insanity and it's something that has driven me crazy from days gone. You know, when I was looking at, I'd watch Scarface and be like... (laughs) Is this what Cubans are supposed to be? (laughs) And it's just like, why can't I be inspired by Malcolm X? Why can't I be inspired by Michael Jordan? Why can't I be inspired by somebody who happens to be Indian or somebody who happens to be a woman or somebody who happens to be woefully unattractive, which is just so foreign to me. I I don't know how I could ever do it. (laughs) Why can't I be inspired by Quasimodo? (laughs) Poor guy. He didn't get Catherine Zeta-Jones. Was it Catherine Zeta-Jones Douglas in that movie? I don't know, but at some point, it's like, no, you are ugly, dude. He doesn't even get, like, an ugly girlfriend. I think they do it like a sequel. He gets another... He's not a troll. He's a hunchback. (laughs) He gets another person at some point. But why? Why do we have to do this? Why are people so superficial? I love it because it's, it's that thing where you're criticizing the thing that you're actually doing. So you're criticizing people for, like, saying that they're being superficial and not wanting to hire a woman for an action role or hire somebody of a different race or national origin or something like that. Saying that you're being superficial for not doing that. While at the same time saying, I'm being superficial because that's what I want to see. Just because of that. That's what I identify with because they look like me. It's not, okay, well, look at all of you majority white people who are in most of the movies. You should also be inspired by anybody who happens to look like anybody else. It shouldn't matter that they have white skin or a certain gender or anything like that. You should just be inspired, period. It's not saying that. It's saying that uh, (laughs) I want to see people who look like me and I don't look like a white person. Therefore, let's get people who look like me, which is also implying white people, you go ahead and just be inspired by people who look like you. That's absolute insanity. It's absolutely frustrating. It's annoying. And obviously there are, I mean, when it comes to gender, there are fantastic female protagonists all over the place. I I hate to even go down this line because it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter whether you're male or female and the person on screen is male or female. If we're going to be superficial, that should be criticized. It's the superficiality that should be criticized. I'm losing my voice because I'm so frustrated by this. <laughs> we should, the meme that should be spread out <laughs> and fertilized and watered all over the planet, especially at least the country for the time being, is that it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what the person looks like. You should be able to be inspired by anybody, period. doesn't matter if they're young, old, what their skin color is, national origin, whether they're <laughs> hideous or not. You should be able to be inspired by that because it's more substantive than that. It's about their ideas. It's about their personality. It's about all the things apart from just what they happen to look like when you first look at them. Obviously, Sarah Connor was written as a female. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, she is a fantastic character. She has real flaws. She has a personality. She is strong without just like her strength doesn't come from, oh, I have to be strong like men. Her strength comes from she's just a strong person, which is exactly what men should be. Just a strong person because they exhibit certain traits. Not like I exhibit manly traits that are associated with manliness. I exhibit traits that are good, that are strong, that are positive. That's what it should be. So she's a fantastic character. Sen and Spirited Away, and I just saw this, that Spirited Away, like, it beat Toy Story 4 or something in China, which is fantastic. Although, uh, I think it has a lot to do with the Chinese holding Toy Story 4 at bay. Like, they only showed it a little bit because they didn't like the United States and the trade policy issues. So they wanted to show Spirited Away. So I don't like it for that reason. But I would definitely rather people see Spirited Away than... (laughs) Then um, Toy Story 4, Spirited Away is fantastic. It has a great protagonist. She has a personality. She struggles. She fights. She's strong. She's intelligent. I love her to death. She's amazing. And she saves the day. So there you go. Stop appropriating. If we're going to demarcate based on gender, if you want to do that and you're going to live in a world where that happens, I don't want to do that. I want to say that everybody has equal access to all art, whether it's Shakespeare or anybody else. A little girl has every right to be as inspired by interested in and proud of the fact that Shakespeare was able to do what he did as any little boy who's who's going to read it as well. So men, be inspired by Virginia Woolf and Toni Morrison, Margaret Atwood, Emily Dickinson, to the same extent and in the same way as you'd be inspired by anybody else based on their artistic merit. Stop appropriating and saying that, oh look, this is the point, is that there's a different gender here, so now I'm going to treat it differently. Now I'm going to take it and make, make it something else because uh, I'm trying to add a certain gender to it. It's like somebody taking a Toni Morrison novel and saying, well, white people weren't properly... <laughs> represented here. So I'm going to add a more rounded white person into into Tony Moore. I need a white person to be the protagonist in a Tony Morrison novel. It's 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 the artistic work. It's doing what it's doing. Make your own stuff and stop. Just knock it off. <laughs> Alright, I'm still going to see it, whatever, I'll give it my money, just so I can see it, because I love Hamlet. But anyway, that's The Last Coffee House, thank you for listening, I appreciate it, uh, follow me, at John Shade Reads, if you like reading, I love you, like, thank you so much, I love anybody who likes reading. Keep it up, let's keep it, keep it alive, so we don't descend into text speak, and it's just 1984, a more innocuous 1984, where we don't actually talk about anything. Let's please keep it alive, I appreciate it. John Shade Reads, on Goodreads or on Twitter where where I say a lot of stupid things. I much appreciate it. Hope all is well. Okay, bye. (laughs) 